Welcome to Episode 1 of our Revised and Expanded Bible Study Series, Revelation and Idealist Interpretation. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church and the producer of this series. Let us pray. O Almighty God, who has taught us that thy word is a lantern unto our feet and a light unto our path, Grant that we, with all who devoutly read the Holy Scriptures, may realize our fellowship one with another in Thee, and may learn thereby to know Thee more fully, to love Thee more truly, and to follow more faithfully in the steps of Thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with Thee and Thy all-holy and life-giving Spirit, one God, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Revelation has always presented a challenge, both to lay people reading the book and clergymen trying to teach from it. This presentation of Revelation and Idealist Interpretation offers insight into Revelation based upon the more spiritually based approach common in the early church instead of the modern revisionist interpretation. In it, I point out, through extensive use of quotations placed in context, the Old Testament roots and New Testament parallels that occur throughout the book and use them to demonstrate St. John's extensive knowledge of and use of Hebrew and early Christian understanding of numerology. Revelation, as it is called in most Western church Bibles, is also called the Apocalypse, primarily in the Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox traditions. Both names come from the Greek apokalupsis, meaning disclose, which is ultimately based upon the Greek verb apokalyptio, which means to reveal. Revelation is a complex book. As I will demonstrate during the series, St. John makes his story unfold slowly and on many levels, always presenting the reader with a cascade of powerful images, some enlightening, some inspiring, and some confusing, and indeed some frightening. Unlike the earlier series that I offered on Ustream, in which the episodes generally followed specific chapters or parts of chapters, in this series episodes will be limited to about 20 to 25 minutes or less. We begin with a discussion of the authorship of Revelation, followed by a brief account of when it came into the canonical list of New Testament scripture. The author of Revelation identifies himself in chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Traditional understanding in the church is that, is that this I, John, is one of the two sons of Alphaeus, the other being James, both of whom Jesus called by the name Sons of Thunder or Boanerges. This is the same John who is author of the Gospel and three epistles of St. John. 
When John wrote of tribulation, he meant the persecution of the church, which all the disciples and apostles, especially St. Paul, both expected and experienced. The book of Revelation was controversial even when it first appeared. There were disputes in the late 1st century and early 2nd century about its authorship. Most believed John the Apostle was the author, but many doubters credited the work to others. The most prominent alternative author was said to be the Gnostic leader, Serinthus. The Gnostics, which roughly translated means knowing ones, believed in a mystical form of religion whose mysteries could only be explained by themselves. They caused much trouble in the early church and are the subject of several of St. Paul's epistles, especially those in which St. Paul refers to the mystery or mysteries of God and Christ. Many in the early church, especially Irenaeus of Lyon around 170 AD, believed it was the work of the beloved disciple John. The opinion of Irenaeus carried considerable weight in the early church since he was a pupil of St. Polycarp of Smyrna, one of the early martyrs of the church, and who himself knew St. John and many of the other apostles. Papia, an early bishop of Hierapolis in Asia Minor, and another like Polycarp who had known John and others of the apostles, also credited the work to John. The Roman author Tertullian of Carthage in North Africa was among the first to quote from Revelation and credit it to John. In the Western Church, Revelation was accepted as canonical, meaning acceptance that it was divinely inspired, in the Muratorian canon of the early 3rd century. The early church historian Eusebius listed it in his own canonical list in the early 4th century. It was the last book of the New Testament to be accepted into the canonical list. In this course, we accept John as author and date the book to near the end of his life, somewhere around 96 A.D. We also accept St. John's statement in Revelation 1, 9, 10 that he wrote the book, quote, on the island called Patmos. Patmos is a small Greek island off the coast of southeastern Turkey. The place where John was said to have been divinely inspired to write Revelation is called the Cave of the Apocalypse, which is near the capital city of Korah, and which was recognized by UNESCO as a World Heritage Site in 1999. At the left of our slide is a late 15th century depiction of the event by Hieronymus Bosch, which is in the State Museum at Berlin, Germany. Bosch shows John dictating the work to a scribe, which is how he is shown in the Greek Orthodox icon used in the title graphic throughout this series. The fortified Greek Orthodox monastery of St. John the Theologian, built by John Christodoulos between 1088 and 1091 AD, is located on the high hill above the cave site. 
Christodoulos had been given the site by the Byzantine Emperor Alexios I Komnenos. It is little recognized today that John had been imprisoned on Patmos during the reign of the Emperor Domitian, who ruled at Rome from 81 AD until 96 AD. John's crime in the eyes of the empire under Domitian, who had declared himself a god, was that he served as bishop of Ephesus, then a small city in Asia Minor. Christian tradition says that it was to Ephesus that St. John, following Jesus' command from the cross in John 19, verses 25 to 27, took the Blessed Mary for protection and built her a house. The remains of the house of Mary are much visited by modern pilgrims, including two 20th century and one 21st century Pope, Benedict XVI. The language in which St. John's Revelation was written is called Koine Greek, often called New Testament Greek. The Koine dialect was widely spoken throughout the Holy Land in the first century. Some scholars believe that more Jews spoke Aramaic or Koine Greek than spoke Hebrew at that time. A common literary criticism of Revelation is that John's writing style does not display the kind of mastery of Koine Greek that is used by St. Luke in his own gospel and in Acts of the Apostles. We can say, however, that while Greek was not his native language, John knew enough Koine Greek to convey his meaning. On the slide is a copy of Papyrus 47, a 3rd century manuscript that includes parts of chapters 9, 11, and 17 and is now in a museum in Ireland, and also an illustrated frontispiece to a 9th century edition of the Bible. Our discussion of Revelation will begin, of the text of Revelation, will begin in episodes 2 and 3. For the balance of episode 1, I want to set the stage by discussing the three most common schools of interpretation of Revelation, they being the contemporary, the futurist, and the idealist. Those who advocate the contemporary Approach believed that John intended his book to be read by those who lived in the Holy Land in his lifetime, that is, in the late first century, which was an era when the church was under attack not only from outside by Rome, but from within by Gnosticism and other heresies. The Futurist those who advocate the futurist interpretation believe that Revelation is an account of events which are to happen at a specific time in the future. They are generally called millennialists, or chelias, from the Greek word for thousand. In episode two, I will speak about St. John's use of thousand and thousands. Most Protestant denominations interpret Revelation according to the futurist view. Among the 21st century advocates of the futurist school are those who believe in the very modern concept of rapture. 
the idealists. Idealists believe that Revelation is not about any specific identifiable time period, whether of the first century or some thousand-year period in the present day. For idealists, Revelation is about the ongoing relationship between God and his kingdom, including conflict on earth and among the heavenly powers, including the struggle between humanity and Satan. Idealists believe that Revelation is not just about end times, the study of which is called eschatology, but is a complex story of God's love for mankind and his plan for sinful mankind's salvation and redemption. They believe that St. John's account speaks with equal validity to all Christians for all the time to come until the second coming, or day of the Lord, as it is called in both the Old and New Testaments, whenever that may be. Idealists often call the period between John's era and the present day the church age. Another way to explain the idealist view was expressed by Roman Catholic theologian and teacher Luke Timothy Johnson in his book, The Writings of the New Testament. The Christ of the church is present to believers in their present. In this course, I will present, as the subtitle to the slides indicates, an idealist interpretation. I will seek to demonstrate to you that the book is based upon the first-hand life experiences of St. John, and I hope demonstrate to you that he was not, as many critics of Revelation claim, a deranged old man. I will do this by putting what he wrote in the context of the Hebrew tradition, especially Old Testament scholarship. Further, I will attempt to demonstrate the depth of his knowledge of the writing prophets of the Old Testament, especially those in the apocalyptic tradition, in particular the work of Daniel, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, and others. I will demonstrate how Revelation reflects the teachings found in the Synoptic Gospels of St. Matthew, St. Mark, and St. Luke, and the imagery found in the Epistles, especially those written by St. Paul. I will place the text in the context of the writings of the early fathers of the Church of both the Eastern and Western traditions. I believe strongly that anyone reading Revelation needs to have an understanding of Hebrew numerology in which certain numbers were considered powerful, even magical symbols of things past and things future. It is my hope that armed with this knowledge, you can avoid getting bogged down or lost in the obscure interpretations often taken out of context that are common to other schools of study of Revelation. I also hope to steer you away from the literalist study methods practiced by many modern Christians because I believe that you cannot master Revelation without first seeing it as a spiritual and not a literal guide to understanding the doctrines of the church concerning, concerning judgment, 
and the early church understanding of Jesus as both loving and forgiving, but also judgmental. Next time in episode 2, I will start with a discussion of the characteristics or styles found within the chapters in Revelation and offer a primer on the major numerological symbols and terms as they were understood by the Hebrew people and by early Christians as well. Thank you for joining me for Episode 1 of Revelation, an Idealist Interpretation. You can help us keep this kind of programming available on the Internet in several ways. You can make a contribution by sending a check payable to St. Chrysostom Church slash Anglican Internet Church to our business office address, 7162 Southwind Lane, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23111. Soon we will also add a donate button to both the main website and the Podbean site. Or you can purchase books from our bookstore at our Podbean site, www.stjohnc.podbean.com. Following recent upgrades to podbean.com, you can further indicate your support by clicking the like and follow buttons on the Podbean site, which is the host for our extensive collection of MP3 podcasts. You can also subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the RSS feed logo in the upper right-hand corner of the Podbean page. Doing so will allow... Podbean to let you know whenever new material is posted to the Podbean site. You can also like and follow us on our rebranded Facebook page. I've put the full Facebook address on the screen, but you can also use the direct link to Facebook, which I have posted on the home page at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Click the link, then once you've reached the Facebook page, bookmark it for easy return. Both contributors and book purchasers can request to become distance members. Distance members receive our weekly update, which usually goes out on Friday and contains the latest news plus links to the latest videos, podcasts, and publications. Send your request by email to frron.stjohnanglican at earthlink.net. The identity of and email address of web weekly update recipients is blacked out and not shared with others. You can request removal of your address at any time. If you'd like to speak with me personally, please call on my church cell phone, 804-306-1190. The best times are between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.